You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We've been talking about because of what the Lord gave us. He, when I was praying, he, uh, we, he talked to me about that grace was very important for this hour. It's so important, as a matter of fact, the Lord has assigned me to teach it when I go to Chile. There's something about grace that the body of Christ needs for this hour. And so you think, well, Pastor Mark, that was, you know, about five, ten years ago. That was a real movement. I get that. But um, there's something about it that you need to know right now. Um, even in the prophetic word given in December, that word of wisdom, there's some, the, the Lord talks about grace there. And so let me remind you, there are many different kinds of graces. First of all, grace is God's part. You can't do it. So grace is God. What is grace? Well, grace is, is better than mercy even. Because mercy will forgive you when you did something wrong and not hold you accountable for it. But grace does something else. It goes one step further. It gets you everything you need. No, grace gets you everything you need. Again, like a robber coming to your house, you caught somebody. Mercy would say, I'm not going to call the police on you. Grace would say, I'm not only not going to call the police on you, I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you what you were trying to take. I'm going to go. That's what God did when you and I were all together and lovely. When we were not looking for him, he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus uh, not only just to cleanse you of your sin, but to give you healing, to give you uh, health, to give you wealth, to give you freedom, to give you peace, to give you joy, to give you everything that you did not deserve and could not attain on your own. Thank God for his amazing grace. And I've been saying this, and I, I guess I heard this from one of my favorite preachers these days. But I, he, he brought it. I'd already been studying along this line, and I went to one of his meetings, and he said this. He said, to preach on grace without preaching on faith is nearly criminal. Because, see, if all you tell is people what God offers, and you don't tell them how to get it, that's criminal. And so then there's another side because people said, are you a grace church or a faith church? We're a yes church. You, you, come on, without grace, there's no reason for faith. But if all you talk about is faith and you don't know that there's grace, then you don't have anything for your grace, your faith to access. Amen. And so, uh, you know, so it's important to have both. And, and, and it's a big word. Now, you know, there's now these three, faith, hope, and love. But also there's other big words, grace, righteousness, and holiness. And we're going to get to those. And right now we're talking about grace. Everybody say, thank God. For his amazing grace. So there's all kinds of grace. There's saving grace. In healing school, Reverend Opal talks about uh, uh, salvation and the meaning of it. A lot of times, if you were like me and grew up in a church, when you heard saved, the only thing you knew about salvation was the born again part. That you got to miss hell and make heaven. That's all I knew that salvation was. And it wasn't until I, I began to study the word of God that I found out that salvation is all inclusive. But how do you get saved? Well, we know in Ephesians it says that we're saved by grace through faith. So what does, what does grace has offered you salvation? What is salvation? Well, it's not only being born again to the place that you have eternal life and you're, you have a home in heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But it also is healing. 
Isn't it good to know that you're saved and the fact that part of that salvation is God wants you physically well? Amen. That's an important one for these days. By Jesus' stripes, you have been healed. How many of you know that part of salvation is protection? Do you need protected today? Listen, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world. You better believe in your salvation. Because I fear the Lord, his angels camp round about me. But part of my salvation, what he offered me through grace and salvation was protection, peace, doing well. Hallelujah. Everything that salvation is and offers, you have that by grace it's been offered. But you can't get it. How do you get born again? Well, you have to believe something. What do you got to believe? Jesus was raised from the dead. Grace offers that, but you have to access it through faith. And everything that grace is, you must get it through faith. There's all kinds of grace, though. There's saving grace. There's standing grace to resist the devil. You cannot resist the devil on your own. You must be standing in the grace of God, the empowerment of God, to stand against the wiles of the devil. And you do that by faith. You, resist, you receive standing grace by faith, and you resist the devil by faith. Amen. How do you walk in peace? Keep your mind stayed on him. But it's a grace part of salvation that he's offered that you have to access through faith. Any protection, you've got to, it's grace offers, but, but faith uh, receives it. And so there's saving, faith, saving grace, there's standing grace, there's grace to be rich, um, there is grace, um, we've been talking the last two weeks about serving grace. Everybody say this real bold, I have serving grace. Ooh, can you deal with a little more faith? Say, I have serving grace. See, everybody has something to do. You are not part of the body that does nothing. You were not created to do nothing. No, you weren't. You were created to do something for God. Amen. And wherever that looks, you've got to find that. If you're an eye, be an eye. If you're an ear, be an ear. If you're, if you're part of the inward parts that aren't seen, be that. But be who God created you to be. Find it and do it. You're going to be judged for it at the judgment seat of Christ. I've done this a long time. I've been pastoring now for almost 30 years. I know I don't look it, but I have been, and I've been pastoring for a long time. And I've walked people from, from earth to the other side. A lot of times, I've never heard one person say, I wish I had a better truck. Never heard one person say, I wish I had a bigger house. Not once. What I've always heard them say, and it's very regular, is I wish I would have fully obeyed God, and I wish I'd have spent more time with my family and my friends. Well, Jesus is not coming back tomorrow. He's coming back real soon. So you and I have time to do what God has asked us to do. That is not a time for having a solemn assembly right now. Come on, everybody say, I have grace to serve God. And so you don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to do it in your own power. You just got to find out what God wants you to do and do it in the church, in the community, wherever God has for you. Amen. If you want me to move on, y'all just better get with me. Hallelujah. Because this is cornerstone, and I'm determined you're going to walk in this stuff because I know the benefits of it. 
And then the last one, you know, is a, a living grace. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Living grace. I've never heard of that one. I know. But um, I, I want to talk to you about it anyway. Living grace. So there's saving grace, but there's also living grace. And they're very similar. But um, we live in a world right now where we're bombarded with temptation. We, we are, we're bombarded to, uh, right now to get out of love with people. We're bombarded with you need to be angry. We're, we're bombarded with uh, uh, things that our eyes and our ears see on a regular basis that 20, 30 years ago you never would have seen uh, regularly. But it's just everywhere. What is that? The God of this world knows his time is short. And he knows if he can tempt you and I, if he can get us back into sin, or he can get us uh, an unforgiveness, which is sin, uh, get us off of, uh, uh, you know, out of holiness, out of righteousness, out of our place in God, then he will mess with your life uh, where you're not living in the victory that God has for you here on the earth. And so there is a grace, but how do, I want to remind you before we talk about living grace, how do we get all grace? How do I get saving grace? How do I get serving grace? I access them by faith. And so let me remind you, uh, Ephesians 2, 5 through 8 says that we're saved by grace. Everybody say through faith. Say through faith. In other words, I can't get saved unless I believe something. What does faith do? Faith does not move God. Faith receives from God. Your faith, you don't, you have, you don't have to move Jesus to go to the cross again. He's already done it. You don't have to move him to be raised from the dead again. He's already done it. Your faith accesses what grace has already done. Amen. Come on. I believe. I believe what you said. I believe who you are. The Lord's been telling me this a lot. Tell him who I am. Tell him what I've done. I'm telling you he is the great I am. I'm telling you he died on a cross, took all your sin, all your sickness and disease. He did it. He went into the bowels of hell. And on the third day he rose victorious. And that is grace offering you salvation. And I believe it. I believed it. And I took it. And every part of grace is the same way. You know, a lot of times when grace to serve, think, well, yeah, preacher, you need that. But you need that. And remember, it's not just for Sunday. It's also for Monday. Amen. So everything you do, do unto the Lord. But how do you do it? You access it by faith. Amen. Romans 5 and 2 says access this grace. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Again, how do you get the grace? You, you access it by faith. I'm going to say, everybody say this. I will access faith. I will access grace by faith. Number three, Romans 12 and 6. It says you'll prophesy. These are the grace gifts. You'll prophesy in proportion to your faith. So all that grace offers, you can get by the proportion of what you believe. In other words, you can increase. How many know faith increases? Does your faith grow? It does. So the more it grows, the more faith, more grace you can access. So therefore, you grow in grace. How do you grow in grace? You grow your faith first, and then you access the grace, and that grace in your life grows. Listen to me. My grace to serve, my grace to preach, my grace to teach has grown in 30 years. Not because of time. Not because of practice. My, it's like this, my ability to prophesy and give a tongue and interpretation 
has not grown because of practice and time. Time doesn't heal any wounds, and time does not in itself cause any grace to grow in your life. Faith does it. I believe more. I expect more. I, I know a lot of ministers who stay at the same place or even decline. Why? Because they don't grow their faith. They try, to, they try to grow their craft. But that isn't that's how this works. If you grow your faith, you'll increase in grace. And so the same will work with you. You access it by faith. You have it in proportion to your faith. And then I love this one. Let's look at this. And then we'll look at today's message. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. It says, now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. So God's word is all that grace offers to you, which is able. It has the ability to do what? Build you up. It has the ability to do what? Build you up. The word of his grace has the ability to do what? Build you up and to give you and to give you. An inheritance. Uh, what is your inheritance? All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Among all them who are sanctified. So here's the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance. How many know you're an heir and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ? Woo! Are you an heir and a joint heir? Uh, Jesus said, everything the Father has is mine. And then he said, and I'm going to give it to you. But how do you get it? You access this word of grace, which is able to build you up. The only way you can get it is through faith. That's it. That's why without faith it's impossible to please God. Yes, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But if you really want to please him, because he's offering you all this stuff. And he said, and this is the way to get it. You access it by faith. You receive it in proportion to your faith. It's through your faith that you get any kind of grace. So that's important. Everybody got that? So what do we got to do? In order to grow in grace, we have to grow in faith. Because the more you grow in faith and you're able to receive more that grace offers. Amen. If you just have grace alone, God did this, God did this, God did this, but you don't have any faith to grab a hold of it, then Really, then what he did is irrelevant for you. You've got to be able to grab a hold of it. You got, but you see, if all you know is grab a hold, grab a hold, but you don't know what you're grabbing a hold, then you're like, what am I grabbing a hold? You got to know, you got to know what grace offers. You got to know what the word of grace offers to you. Amen? And one of the great things, I, I love this, are you, glad, are you glad you're saved? How many of you are supposed to know that we, we, we can live <laughs> saved? We can live free. Is it good to be free? I want you to look. Uh, we're going to look at, so I call this living grace. And so in, um, this is going to be kind of meaty. Are you, can you all handle a steak before you go eat a steak? Um, can you all handle a spiritual steak before you go eat a natural steak? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's look at Titus. Chapter 2. Verses 11 and 12. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Woo! 
Who is that? That's Jesus. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. And so this grace is a person. This grace is Jesus. This grace is, is what the word of God offers to us. Verse 12 says, teaching us. So who's teaching us? Jesus is teaching us and grace is teaching us. What does grace teach us? It's a, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. So grace does not then say because Jesus paid for it all that I have nothing to do. Grace, everything's all been taken care of. Uh, you know, I don't have to worry about uh, living in or practicing sin because Jesus took care of it. There's nothing for me to do. That's wrong. Teaching us, so grace teaches you something. It teaches denying ungodly. So I have to, on purpose, when, I, when I'm walking, when I'm accessing by faith this living grace, it's teaching me uh, against ungodliness. So it's teaching me to be godly. What does it mean to be godly? To act like God, to talk like God, to walk like God. We are created in his likeness and in his image. You and I uh, should, because we're people of grace and people of faith, we should not be comfortable around ungodliness. It should make us uncomfortable. Worldly lust, the things that the world currently think, and they are many, and they're getting many more by the hour. But if the word of God teaches against it, you know, like this one. We're here on a Sunday morning at Cornerstone. Any kind of sex outside of a man and woman being married is a sin to God. And you need to be as outraged as you used to be as the body of Christ, as adultery, as you might be against homosexuality or any other thing. There I said it. Are you, uh, it's out there. But you see, you should be equally outraged if someone commits adultery. Or if two teenagers are messing around and they ain't married. We have selective outrage now. How do we get selective outrage? One sin is worse than another. Praise the Lord. How, how do you and I keep from this lust and ungodliness? We receive grace by faith. You can't do this on your own. Y'all listen to me. It, there is so much out there. And the devil is releasing everything he's got because he knows the time is short. And he's after your flesh. He's after my flesh. He's after everybody you know. But thank God. Put that back up. Hallelujah. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So who is it available to? Everybody. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldliness, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So if you're really a person of grace, you're going to live soberly, meaning you're not going to be drunk as the world. You're going to be drunk in the Holy Ghost, but you're not going to be drunk as they suppose, like them, right? You're going to live righteous. Soberly also just means to be aware. You're going to, you, you know, you're going to live in the, the day. You're going to live in the light, not in the dark. You're going to be righteous. Everybody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What? And you're godly. Come on, you're godly. 
You're, when people look at you, they should look, that's a godly person. doesn't matter what T-shirt you have on. It, you know, buy them up. Buy them up. But I'm just telling you, it, uh, some, that ought not tell us. Our actions and our words should tell people we're godly in this present world. Amen. Oh, this is a good one. We're going good now. Jude 4. Have we ever read in Jude? I don't read in Jude much. Do you read in Jude much? But this one's real important. In Jude 4. We, don't want, to, we want to give Jude his due. Jude 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. So you need to be very careful when you hear someone preach on grace and they say, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how you live, it doesn't matter how you act. Because that is a condemnation that they're going, that's just so bad. And um, they have turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. So anytime someone is living in sin and they things, say things like that, well, I am who I am by the grace of God. And they're living in sin. They are practicing lasciviousness. The grace of God doesn't make you a sinner. The grace of God doesn't make you to sin. The grace of God doesn't allow you to sin. It teaches you not to. Why am I talking about this? Living grace. Because this is where you and I live. I I told you this is going to be meaty. This is going to be meaty. But you see, so I can't do this on my own though. No, listen. I don't have to do I'm not talking to you about willpower. I'm talking to you about God power. I'm talking to you about grace. I'm talking to you about God's amazing grace, his power for you to live a holy and righteous life. Amen. So, so we're supposed to turn away from ungodly men. They turn grace, the grace of our God, into lasciviousness, and they deny the only, in doing that, they're denying Jesus. It's very serious. But you and I have living grace. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 out of the King James. Romans 6, verse 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Because this is a big question. It's amazing that God wrote this question, and then now this question's been coming up in the last five or ten years. You think the Lord knows? Yeah, he knows us. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may be? Because people say, it doesn't matter what I do. I got grace. I, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what you do. God loves you. Yes, he loves you. He certainly loves you. But he can either be more pleased or less pleased with you. His love for you will never change. I can love my child, but if they do something wrong, I'm going to either be more pleased or less pleased. And, and it will keep them in more blessing or less blessing. It's true. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I love this. Verse 2. Verse 2. God forbid. Everybody say God forbid. That's like me when I do wedding ceremonies. I get really upset when they take, when they take my favorite part out. I get to say, woe to anyone who would tamper with this union. I like it. But here he says God forbid. That's a big one. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. So grace teaches us not to sin. Um, if someone says it's okay to sin and do whatever you want and grace covers it, that's lasciviousness. And there's a condemnation that comes with that. And then um, right here it's just very clear that you sinning, may we, you know, shall we continue in sin? That grace, because, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just grace. 
No. He said, God forbid. God forbid. Y'all doing good? God forbid. Amen. And then let's look at this in Romans chapter number 6. He says it a little different. Romans chapter 6. He's still talking about it though. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Again, everybody say, God forbid. forbid. So we're free from the law. Are you free from the law? Well, you're free from the law that they were under, but you're not free from every law. There's new laws. Oh, no, we're under grace. We're not under law. You're wrong. He substituted some laws. You're still under some laws. As a matter of fact, if you'll do this law, you'll keep all Ten Commandments. Jesus said there is a law. It's called the law of love. He called it a law. Just like gravity is a law. And there's another one. It's called the law of faith. It is. It's, it's how it says it. It's the law. The law. People say all the time, we're free from the law. Well, you're free from, you know, you could, the law was never meant to be your God. It was meant to show you you needed one. Jesus came and he fulfilled that. And he fulfilled that law. And you are free from that law if you are in Christ. But if you're not in Christ, you'll be judged by that law. Are you glad you're in Christ? I'm glad I'm in Christ. And, but yet, because I'm not under that law anymore, I don't want to continue. This is talk, I'm talking about living grace. So I can live free from sin. And the weights that do so easily try to beset us. I can live free from that. I can live righteous. I can live holy in him because I'm not under the law, but I am under grace. But I'm under a new law called the law of love and the law of faith. And um, actually, you could even say the law of grace. What is a law? It's just how it works. And if you don't work it right, there's penalties, you know, that go with it. But to say I have no law and you, you all don't have any law, there's no, there's no, you know, uh, there's nothing that, that gives you boundaries, that's wrong. That's not right. Grace does not do that. Well, Pastor Mark, I think, you know, sometimes people are just so bound up because they're, you know, trying to please God. Well, it, they're, they're bound up because of their flesh, not because of anything else. And if they would do what I'm saying, their flesh would not rule and reign over them. Do, do, am I the only one that has trouble with my flesh? You know, a lot of times we call the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. But a lot of times it's just your flesh. It's just the lust of your flesh. And what do you got to do with it? Crucify it. What you got to do? Put it under. Paul said, you know, I, lest I, you know, when I preach to others, I too become a castaway. I crucify it. Come on, if Paul had to crucify it, you're going to have to crucify it. And how do you crucify it? You need grace. No, listen, no, you, you, you don't have to do it on your own. Ugh. You don't have to do it on your own. You'll have actions to take, but you've got to start with grace. That's what he's talking about. He, he, he's saying, you know, this gra- the grace of God will take care of this. He said, um, shall we sin because we're not under the law uh, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield your servants to obey. He's talking about your members here. He, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, of obedience unto righteousness. So whatever we're obeying, if it's sin, it leads to, how many know that, that sin always leads to death? 
the wages of sin, the paycheck of sin is always death. Not just physical death, the death of something. Flirting with someone who is not your spouse could lead to the death of your marriage. It ain't cute. It's not harmless. It's not harmless. Having lunch with somebody on a regular basis, sharing the intimate details of your life is not harmless. Could be deadly. Could be deadly. Oh, Pastor Mark, you know, get with the times. I'm going to stick with my times. Come on, y'all. You got enough going on without adding layers of complication to your life and doing things that you know better. Praise the Lord. I told you I was giving you food. I was going to give you a steak. I'm giving you a filet whether you know it or not. You can almost cut that thing with a fork. Hallelujah. So good. Hallelujah. So you understand that So because we are people of grace, it doesn't just say, do what you want to do. The teaching of grace teaches you not to sin. The teaching of grace gives you the ability to live at a higher place as you access living grace, what I call living grace, by faith, then it will help you even with the lust of your flesh. If you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. How do you? He is the spirit of grace. Come on, he's the spirit of grace. That's what the word of God says. Amen. So this will help you. It all ties together. You, but you have to access it by faith. Now, um, it says here, whether you sin is unto death, but of obedience, if you obey God, if you take this grace and with it you obey God, then you will begin to walk in righteousness. You know, this is the deal. You and I, because we're born again, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's your position. But you also have to learn to walk in it, this righteous place. It can mean just right with God. But it's also a place in the realm of the Spirit that has some benefits to go with it. And so Galatians chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. So this grace produces something. It says in Galatians 5, 4 and 5, Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever you are justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. So if you're trying to live by the old law, Jesus is no, he's talking to born, this is Galatians, he's talking to born again folk who are trying to go back under the law and, 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 and be workers of the law trying to be justified by their flesh. He's correcting them. He said this to them, Christ or Jesus has become no effect to you. Even though you're born again, you're going to heaven, what you need right now, you can't obtain it because you think you're justified by the law. But he says, actually, then you've fallen from grace. You've fallen from grace. I don't want to fall from grace, do you? I don't want to fall from grace. Then it says, for we, through the Spirit... Wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So there again, you have grace and righteousness connected. Are are you listening to me? Your righteous position is everything. Your righteous position causes your faith to work. Your righteous position causes you to have a freedom about you. 
a right standing with God causes you to be able to walk in holiness and righteousness and sanctification. For we through the Spirit wait for the joyful expectation of righteousness by faith. Righteousness is no longer by the law, but it is by faith. And then let's look at Romans chapter 5. I got something to read for you. Y'all listen good. And Romans chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. So a lot of scripture here, but I want to read it to you. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. So now he begins to talk the offense of Adam, and here comes the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God. Everybody say much more. Much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, shall abound to many. So there's a free gift called the gift of grace that came by Jesus. And it's much more, it's much greater, it's much better than anything that we've ever seen. This grace. And then it says, and not as it was by one that just sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. So because Adam fell, then condemnation came because of sin. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned, because of Adam death reigned. Not just physical death, but death. Just death. But this is good news. Much more. Everybody say much more. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We're going to come back to that. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came on all men to justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. How do you, how do you, you are, because you're born again, you're made righteous. So that's why we both say, I am the righteous of God. Don't ever leave this part off. In Christ Jesus. You cannot be righteous in your own self, but only in him. And right standing. And all that the benefits thereof are. Moreover, the law, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But, so the law came so they could see their offense. But where sin abounded, where sin abounded, where sin abounded, Grace did much more abound. Can you notice? Much more, much more, much more, much more. All the time, much more grace. What is that? That's not just God's unmerited favor. That's the power to stand in. That's the power to live in. That's the power to get rich. That's the power to serve. It's grace is also power. Power. (laughs) Woo. Grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might, gra- might grace reign, might reign through righteousness and eter- unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to take you back to verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned. Verse 21 said the same thing. By that sin, by the sin of rejecting God. What was Adam and Eve's sin? They really rejected God in his ways. The Holy Ghost is after one sin of a believer. It's not adultery. It's not lying. It's rejecting Jesus. Someone who is not born again, the Holy Ghost is concerned about one sin. 
the fact that they've rejected Jesus. Now, after you get born again, they're all, on, they're all in play. He'll deal with you about every one of them. Okay? But so it says here that by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more. Everybody say it again. Much more. Which they which receive. Receive. Now, see, if you, if, you weren't, if you weren't studious as you are, you would read right over that word receive. But you see, there's only one way to receive. Just one. Well, God made it available. Just like salvation. Amen. But you still had to receive it. Healing has been made available. But you have to receive it. Your faith doesn't move God. Your faith receives from God. So when you see this word receive here, so um, much more they which receive abundance. So sometimes when you look at that, you might think, well, just, God just doles it out. No, he's never doled out grace. He's made it available, but you have to, the only way to access it is by faith. And so here, what's he making available? Abundance of grace. <laughs> no, come on, God's grace is good enough, but if he ever offers you an abundance of something... Come on, you all like exceedingly, abundantly above. But there is, there's an abundant grace available. Ah, there's an abundant grace. I wish you could get this. There is an abundance of God's power, abundance of God's grace that he's made available. You've got to receive it, though. Receiving, how do you receive it? By, by faith. We receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So righteousness is a gift. You got that gift when you got born again and you were made righteous, but it's also as you walk in the abundance of this grace, it begins to elevate like um, like, uh, like if you were filling a pool of water and there was a beach ball in it. As you filled the water up, the beach ball would rise. That is what was supposed to happen to you as you learned about grace and learned it in the right way. That this grace, this power is made available. And when you receive that grace by faith, your righteousness and your righteous position begins to rise up. It begins to rise up. It begins to rise. You know who you are. You know what the devil's doing and you know what God's doing. You know, you know, you know. Come on. The word of God even trains you in righteousness. Hallelujah. Receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You're going to do what? I see people they quote this all the time. I'm ruling and reigning in this life by one Jesus Christ. But you cannot forget the rest of it. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Especially if you leave most of the scripture out and you're not doing it. You have to receive the abundance of grace. The only way to receive the abundance of grace is through faith. And when you do receive this abundance of grace, what happens to be living grace, because you're ruling and reigning in this life. He's not talking about in the millennial reign. The, king James doesn't do it, but most other translations say you'll reign as a king in this life. Come on, I've never seen any beggar kings. I've just seen them with signet rings, and, and someone says, do this, and they do it. Come on, you're supposed to be using your authority. Mm, it all just ties in here. Come on, you, you've received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You're going to rule and reign in this life by one Jesus Christ. 
When you start walking in the grace of God, when you start walking in this living grace, the righteous part of you is going to take dominance. It's going to rise up on the inside. You're going to know who you are. You're going to know what's right. You're going to know what's wrong. You're going to know what to get rid of. You're going to know, you're going to know what to bind. You're going to know what to loose. You're going to know what to, to allow in your life. You're going to know what not to allow in your life. And you're going to begin to rule and reign in this life by one Jesus Christ. Come on. How, the earth groans until the sons of God be revealed. Come on, the earth even looking for you to get in your place. To sit down, to begin to declare and decree some things. But you're not going to get there unless you receive this abundance of grace. And it just causes your righteousness to come up. Listen, the devil knows this. And so one of the things, and this will tie in. The one of the things he just does right now, he's always done it. But it's just happening a lot more now. Because this is what I get. For two years, the devil's been attacking the world, world, world everywhere. But I also know he's been attacking you individually. And you got a lot going on between your ears. I know it. You may not share it, but I know what the devil's trying to do to people. Divide and conquer. Do it as a big thing, but also individually. And one of the things the devil is always after is your righteous position. Because he knows if you get a hold of that righteousness and you begin to rule and reign, first of all, he's done in your sphere of influence. Because you're not going to allow him to mess. You can't bring that to my house. You can't bring that to my body. I don't care what's going on out there. I may have to pay $10 a gallon for gas, but I'll always have it. Without downsizing. I ain't plugging nothing in. Hallelujah. You can if you want to. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.